Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can get a copy of this program and other helpful documents. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Tim. Like Tim said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. For the next hour, my guest and I will be having a conversation of curiosity and storytelling. We hope you'll learn something, want to get involved, or be inspired to take action in your own life. For me, the taking action began over 40 years ago when I founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, Flag and Banner has grown from door-to-door sales to telemarketing to mail order and catalog sales and now relies heavily on the Internet. Each change in sales strategy required a change in company thinking and procedures. My confidence, leadership knowledge, and my company grew. My initial $400 investment now produces nearly $4 million in annual sales. Each week on this show, you'll hear candid conversations between me and my guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that I hope you'll find interesting. Starting and running a business or organization is like so many things. It takes persistence, perseverance, and patience. No one, and I mean no one, has a straight path to success. I worked part-time jobs for nine years before Arkansas Flag and Banner grew enough to support just me. Today, we have 10 departments and 25 co-workers, thus reminding us all, small businesses are the fuel of our country's economic engine and empower people's lives. Before we start, I want to introduce you to the people at the table. We have my co-host and co-worker at Flag and Banner, Tim. Say hello, Tim. Hi, Tim. And running the board is Jesse. Welcome also, Jesse. Why, hello. My guest today is Director Edward Haddock of the Small Business Administration. Director Haddock began his SBA career in 2011 as an economic development specialist in Newark, New Jersey. There he worked on many programs ranging from veterans business development to grant writing at the Women's Business Center and most notably the recovery effort for small businesses that were impacted by Hurricane Sandy. It was in 2013 that Edward came to live in Arkansas to first work in the Fayetteville and Northwest Arkansas communities. Two years later, he moved yet again this time to Little Rock, in the role of Deputy Director of the Arkansas District. Edward served 12 years in active duty for the U.S. Air Force, where he spanned the globe, supporting in both humanitarian and combat operations. Mr. Haddock holds an MBA from Rutgers University and a Bachelor of Science in Organizational Management from John Brown University. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table SBA Director Edward Haddock. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for inviting me. Edward, I saw that you were in the Air Force for 12 years when I was reading your bio. It First, it looked like you were going to be a career Air Force person, but then you changed paths. Can you tell us what happened if there was one event that made everything change for you? Uh, great question. Uh, well, I, I did enjoy a, a great career with the Air Force. I uh, enlisted in uh, when I was 18, just coming straight out of high school, and um, spent quite a bit of time flying around the world as a C-130 crew chief. Uh, eventually, I uh, gained um, a better understanding of what I wanted, I think, uh, ultimately in life, and that set me out on a path to invest in some businesses and, and start pursuing the business uh, world. And in 2009, I found myself a great opportunity to go out, uh, to go back to school and get my degree. So um, I figured, uh, let's go ahead and do it. And I jumped. Uh, and then 2009, I, I left the military and uh, started with the U.S. Small Business Administration, which uh, got me where I am today. Did you start your business while you were in the military? I did. I did. I was a what what we would call a hustler, right? For uh, what? Well, I you name it. I always wanted to do more. So uh, at the time, uh, I had seen uh, really my my money being invested into or put into rent, uh, knowing that that really wasn't going to give me any uh, headway in my life and where I wanted to be. And I knew also if I did stay in twenty years in the military, that wasn't going to be a you know a, a well. Um, cushioned retirement. So I said, I better start planning for this now and really start figuring out what I want to do in 20 years. Because if I just allow this path that I, you know, walk down without any direction, I'm going to end up where I've seen so many folks end up at the end of their military careers with very little to have in their pockets and kind of starting over at 50, 55 years old. 
I am so proud of you. Oh, I'm not even your mother, and I'm <laughs> proud of you. You made a good decision at 18 to get some discipline in your life, and you joined the military, which is a noble thing for everybody to do, and then you became very self-aware, it seems like, once you got your head straightened up. Well, you know, I, I try to learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, it's one of those things I, I bring into the business world where, hey, if I can talk to somebody who's made that mistake or hasn't and, and has made a different uh, decision that would propel, propel them forward, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take that away. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to use that in my own life. So, again, by listening to other people and hearing their experiences, I don't necessarily have to make every mistake in the book. And I can learn from them to get ahead of where I'm at. So imagine that, right? No, <laughs> that never crossed my mind when I was young. In fact, I actually said, don't tell me what to do. I want to do it myself. I did that before 18. <laughs> but it seemed at that magical point when, you know, when I was really ready to move forward and get a, and, and kind of change and grow up, uh -huh. um, I did that. You know, before then, I was a punk rocker. I had a four-foot blue mohawk that oh, I would I wear to those. school. You know, I used to... <laughs> I used to listen to The Clash and The Sex Pistols. And, you know, I mean, I was a rock and roll guy. And, and you know what? You couldn't tell me what to do. Yeah. But at some point, I had to grow up. Wow. And so, you know what? If you looked at my, my junior high school uh, photo album versus now, two completely different uh, types of people. You know, one that was against a lot of the bureaucracy that we're in. Uh, but then at, at the same time, you know what? The only way to change it is become a change agent in it. Yeah. And so that's what I decided to set my life out for. Uh, and I've been doing that ever since I enlisted in the military at 18. And I'll continue to do that um, as far as I can foresee. That is so well said. So how did you end up at the SBA? Oh, well, um, so when I did uh, decide to leave the military, um, one of the great things I, I think uh, our military has offered is, is the GI Bill. Right. Um, so during my time in, I had done some undergraduate courses and eventually moved up to getting a bachelor's degree while I was uh, serving on active duty. Uh, my 12 year point, I said, you know what, I, I'm going to get out of here. And I really I want to take this business thing to the next level. I was really enjoying what I was doing in the real estate field. And uh, I had opened up a small retail store and I, I kind of wanted to pursue my business side. So I ended up winding down my um, my retail store and, and uh, starting applying for graduate schools. I wanted to go and get my master's, my MBA, so I could really focus on the business. Um, and you know what? Uh, challenging enough, Arkansas has some, some good institutions, but uh, you know what? I decided to look out of state to go back to school. Um, and so I looked back to where I came from in New Jersey, and uh, I was uh, applied and got into Rutgers University. Um, so I decided to go back there and pursue my MBA. That's good. And uh, that's, you know, at the same time, what, what gave me the opportunity and I uh, searching the Internet. I, I spent about a year in transition out of the military, probably one of the hardest years of my life, you wow. know, really soul searching oh. because you, you kind of, you know, you mourn the loss of one person and you have to recreate the next person that you're going to be, at least for me. Interesting. Um, and you know what? Uh, I found this uh, job online. It was called an economic development specialist. Uh, and it was to talk about business and to really understand that uh, how businesses work and then how to work with small businesses to get them the resources that they need to grow. Yeah. Uh, hopefully take some of my experiences and impart that onto other small businesses. Um, and so I applied and, and I got the job. And I, so uh, I started with the uh, Small Business Administration in uh, January of 2011. So you just were throwing out resumes and saw that one and yeah yeah you do the whole resume turnover i must have submitted at least 100 110 you know resumes to different jobs and uh really coming out of the military it was it was a struggle because you know you have this annual uh, enlisted performance report and all, all you know is is the military and then kind of when you go and transition out it's a whole other world in there and this for-profit private world 
uh, it has a different level of expectation from uh, what any soldier or airman's normally get. So there, there's a, a transition period a lot of our military uh, veterans go through. And I think, um, you know, I had a unique experience in that. And uh, I, I also, I go back to Little Rock Air Force Base uh, even today um, <laughs> to, to work with their transition assistance program and teaching entrepreneurship um, and boots to business That's to nice our transitioning you. service members. I think this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we're going to learn more about the SBA director, Edward Haddock, get tips on running a small business and find out what he sees for the future of small business in America. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you miss any part of this show, a podcast will be made available next week on flagandbanner.com's website. If you prefer to listen on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud, you'll find those links there as well. Lots of listening options. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with SBA Director Edward Haddock of Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, you're now the Economic Development Specialist in Newark, New Jersey. You led the Veterans Business Development. You instituted a multifaceted program for Grow New Jersey Strong, which was called Grow New Jersey Strong, but it was about Hurricane Sandy. Right. That was a um, uh, Sandy recovery effort where we were able to really get uh, a lot of our, our small business partners around the table and help those businesses that were uh, affected by Hurricane Sandy to reconstitute and, and get capital access and, and also get out and reach those customers um, in, in their um, uh, devastated towns. What was the biggest struggle during that time? To, for the small businesses, was liquidity. It get, yeah, money. liquidity. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, when, when you're when when you're in that situation, and now you know, ever more present today than than it even was uh, during Hurricane Sandy. We've got the you know the trifecta going on out of uh, uh, Houston, Florida, and, and, and Puerto Rico. Uh, the U.S. Small Business Administration uh, is a direct lender at that point for disaster loans. And so uh, the U.S. SBA comes in and starts creating liquidity for those small businesses. As you file your your disaster applications in through FEMA first okay. uh, and through your insurance agencies, sometimes those take a little bit longer. So SBA offers that interim liquidity loan in order to help you get from point A to point B. So do you have to meet the same qualifications because you don't have any income? Right. It's it's nowhere near as stringent of, of qualifications, but uh, there is uh, two different factors in that. And they do look at the ability to repay as part of that. But uh, again, they're trying to create that safety net uh, for those businesses in those times of need. I mean, you've got to build your building back. Most of these people or a lot of these people probably kept their employees on the payroll because they didn't want to lose them. And that was just a good thing to do for as long as they could. So you've got all these out-of-pocket expenses going on and you have no income coming in. Do you give them like uh, you said? Yeah, here's your loan. You've got a year to start paying it back. Is it like yeah, a they, bridge loan? They've got yeah, basically a bridge loan because again, it, the uh, the thought process behind it is insurance is going to be able to cover most of those losses. Right, uh, so you do have insurance coverage on some of those, and what's not covered is really that that measure that we're looking to help support until you can get back up on your feet and start running again. And that could be again either water remediation to clean out and to get sales uh, up and running again. So it's not really so none of the money can really be used for construction to rebuild. Oh the yeah, business. absolutely, absolutely. It can be, and then you, and then you like put a. I mean, can you put like a lien on their insurance that says when the insurance pays, you have, you have to give it back to absolutely. us. Absolutely. Ah, that's why they do yep. it that way. And then the government like you said makes it less stringent okay so what's the most what were you the proudest of that you did during that time you know i still have uh, some businesses every once in a while call me and just say thank you um really in that position, I was able to get out into small businesses. And I was able to sit down with those entrepreneurs and those small business owners and really take what, what I was learning in, in my MBA 
uh, and and help them apply to their business. So like either what? looking at their balance sheet, looking at their cash flow uh, statements, to be able to look at their tax returns and, and identify uses of, of funds that they didn't necessarily see. Um, maybe some areas of taxes they were paying on that they they could have done a, a distribution a little bit differently mm-hmm. and save that tax liability. Uh, so there was just a lot of interaction one to one with small business owners that uh, I you know don't necessarily get as much today. Um, but uh, at the same time, in New Jersey, you had a uh, I had a great. Um, just a, a great population to work with in, in both some of the underserved markets in Jersey City, which is one of the most densely populated uh, counties in, in the, the nation. Uh, and then I would also get a chance to get out to some of the uh, the more rural areas of New Jersey where there's farms and there's uh, seaside resorts and, and those areas and work with the smaller entrepreneurs out there. So you really got a taste of everything uh, working in that area. Because probably most of the time you sit at your desk, people come to you, they ask you loans, you look through their business plans and it in this particular case, it sounds like you went out into the field. Yeah, so you know, we always say uh, at the SBA, if if uh, if you're doing economic development and you're in your office, you're not doing it right. Really? Yeah, economic development's not done from behind a desk, right? And especially us. I mean, our 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 jobs as economic development specialists is really to go out and educate the small businesses on what resources are available for them, and then help them engage with those resources and make sure they're using those. Uh, adequate resources or if they have some need that we help identify what that need is and where can we get service and help them out. So what are Arkansas resources that people need to know about? Uh, Well, so the SBA, of course, is, is a small federal agency. Uh, We are present in all 50 states in U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. There's actually 68 district offices around the country and ours here in Little Rock covers the entire state. Um, with that, we have uh, some great, uh, we like to call it the three C's and a D, counseling, capital access, and contracting, and disaster assistance. Um, so everything uh, under the counseling, uh, we have seven partners um, throughout uh, seven centers, small business and technology development centers uh, that are in each one of the higher education universities around the state. All seven of those uh, do individual one-on-one counseling with small businesses. So if I wanted to go and take one of your courses, what would I do? Well, you would um, obviously see which ones we have out on our calendar, sba.gov backslash AR for Arkansas. Uh, And that will take you out to our website where we list any of those trainings that either us or our resource partners are giving. Generally, what we'll find is SBA, we don't do too too many trainings directly for the small businesses. That's where our resource partners come in, like the Small Business Technology Development Center, SCORE, and the Women's Business Center. Those are the ones that do the one-on-one training to the small businesses. Now, my staff um, has, has a a goal in order to train so many small businesses with the resource partners. So their job is to really engage the community and help bridge that gap between the small businesses small businesses and the service providers that give that counseling service. And you're talking about banks. Uh, no, so that's under the capital program. Now, under our capital program... How many programs are we talking about here? Well, if we were to really talk about the full full portfolio of SBA programs, there's probably over 60 programs. What? Because there's a women's? Right. We have women's there's business a- initiatives, and we have the Innovate Her competition. I don't even know about that. Right. And so that's a pitch competition uh, for businesses that uh, can possibly impact women's lives. Uh, The administrator, our former administrator and uh, Office of Women's Business Ownership has created a pitch, a challenging program so businesses can go and pitch and win prize money to go ahead and start. So it's like an elevator pitch. Absolutely. And you do it in front of a bunch of people and then you have a panel and of judges and they, and they pick out which one's the best one. And we hold these all across the country and eventually get up to a, uh, a national competition. How and, much money can they win? Uh, they can win up to $5,000. That's not enough. Yeah, I know. It needs to be more than that. I want $500,000. Is there a program for that? If, if you're ready to take out a loan, we can help you with that. <laughs> I don't want to take out a loan. Yeah. I that's want, you know that's what? grants. I'm talking about grants, aren't I? Oh, yeah. Well, that's really, that, if you want to get 
get be given money that's a grant that's a that that g word we don't use too often you don't sba no. doesn't have anything to do with grants uh the only grants we give are uh, directly to our resource partners to provide that one-on-one training or yeah. or there's a program called sbir and sttr uh, again when we look at this portfolio of programs mm-hmm. sba works with it's it's pretty wide and, and pretty deep now, the SBIR program is, is really Small it? Business Innovation Research. And those okay. are grants. Those are grants to organizations that are working on cutting-edge technology development that can be applied to government agencies. So, mm. for example, uh, the DOD's SBIR program. Boy, you are an acronym freak. Hey, DOD, to, what's that mean? Dead Depart- on arrival? No, no DOD. Department of Defense. Oh, sure. So those are, of course, all our uh, brothers and sisters in arms under that uh, agency. In there, let's say the, the DOD has put out solicitations to really improve battery life and find out um, how can we create a battery that's war ready and can hold a sustainable charge longer because we know our war fighters are going onto the front lines more equipped with technology now, but that technology has to be powered. So they usually solicit SBIR um, uh, nominations in order to find better technology to create the, the next best battery that our soldiers and warfighters can use. I think Tesla's working on the next best battery, aren't they? I think yeah, a lot of folks are in that realm because <laughs> we know that's a big challenge. But not only in Department of Defense, but in Department of Transportation, NASA, and all the other agencies have an SBIR program that a business, usually a research-based business, can apply to and get grant funding to test their, their theories. So let's say that I wanted to, I know I've been to the SBA and I've used, in Arkansas Flag and Banners, used the Small Business Development Center. And I've had them on the show because they taught me how to write a business plan 30 years ago. Uh, Do you think most people know how to write a business plan or even read a business plan? I heard you say in New Jersey, you went out and kind of worked with people on their balance sheets and income statement. Do most small businesses know the difference between a balance sheet and an income statement? Not a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, really, uh, it, it comes, we've got so many great businesses out there. And you know what they're doing? Exactly what they know to do. And that's usually to sell, to, sell, to work, work, to build, whatever it is that, that they're earning money on. That's what they know best. They don't necessarily know the business side of starting a small business. Uh, you know, a lot of times we'll sit down with folks that, you know, maybe, uh, let's say, plumbers or electricians, and they'll talk about, yeah, I want to start my own business. And they'll talk about how they're, they want to work on more of their item, their widget, their uh, plumbing, their whatever, but they don't really understand that really being a CEO of a company, starting your own business has less to do with what you're actually doing, the plumbing, the electrical work, than it does about organizing and managing plans and people and money. I know, right? Right? So I it took think, me 10 years to figure that out. Well, then you got a short course. It takes some people a lifetime to figure out, and some of them never even figure that out. And so our job is really to help them in that development path wherever they're at and whenever they're ready. Because one of the biggest challenges we have is getting in front of that person when they're ready to hear us. Yeah, everybody's challenge is getting right in front of somebody when they're ready to hear it. Right. And that's every business's challenge out there. You have to hit them six or seven times and they won't hear you. Yeah. But until they're ready, once they're ready, if you're not there, Uh you're not there. You lose that customer. And for us, that could be a potential job creator that we're losing. And that's where the economic development component comes in is each one of these businesses that we're talking to are essentially job creators. Mm-hmm. And if we don't support them, we're not going to cre- support the net new job creation that we have in the United States because we know two-thirds of all new jobs come from small businesses. Wow. So with that we have to support these small businesses and we have to get them prepared so they can hire one more person mm-hmm. or the next person and grow. Because if we don't, our employment's not going to be able to grow. Mm-hmm. And but- these are usually the small, flexible, innovative companies that, that are resilient and can through go through the competitive times that we're currently in. You know, uh, when I had the Small Business Development Center guy on, somebody called in and said, tell me 
he was a he was a plumber or somebody. He drove. He was a serviceman, and he right. drove around his truck all day long. And he owned his own small business. And he said, "I just can't stand at the end of the year to pay my taxes and do all that and come back with my receipts." And he can't even keep up with half his receipts, probably. And the gentleman I was with said, "Put an accordion folder in your front seat of your car, and every time you spend any money on any supplies or anything, file it into." this accordion folder that's sitting on your seat right there and then hand it to a bookkeeper. And I was like, well, that's pretty easy. Everybody can do that, even if you don't like that part of the job. Absolutely. And and it's making those little steps. But again, for most people, that's a challenge just to stay that organized. Uh, you know, I mean, now there's more apps on your iPhone that will track in, in every dollar you spend and every way you spend it and anywhere you spend it, right? But it still means getting into that and well, doing that it on a awful. daily basis. I don't want to do any more things on my phone. I'm well, so sick of my phone. It's like a part of my, it's an appendage. It is. And there's a divergence there in the small business world because that helps in productivity yeah. and hopefully organization and management. But if you don't really set that, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't set that schedule and exercise that, you're not mm-hmm. going to you're not going to win. You're not going to grow in that area. You know? It's just like losing weight and going to the gym. You think you're going to get muscles overnight? Good luck. It takes every day of going and working on those and eating the right diet in order to get more fit. So for everybody out there listening that owns a small business, they need to learn what I learned, which was basically I would, which was I sold so much, so much one year. I doubled my sales. I went from $75,000 in sales one year to $150,000 in sales one year. I can, I can't even remember the number amount and I lost money. Yep. And I was like, what? My accountant said, when I turned in my taxes, I said, I'm just so struggling. I don't have any money. And he said, well, you lost money. I said, how can that be? I sold more. All I thought about was my sale. I didn't think about my profit, the margin, the profit margin. You thought about top line revenue and not bottom line net profit. That's all I thought about. And um, and so those are the levers, right? Those are the levers we try to talk about in the business that, that you have the ability to either raise your price to sell more of an item or to lower your cost of an item or to lower some overhead cost. That's all you that got. You, have. you can you either got- raise your price or lower your or lower your cost. That's all the options you have. And most people probably, if you're listening out there, I bet most of y'all have not raised your prices in five years. And I promise you, all your vendors have, all your expenses have gone up, your gas, your utility, your Probably everything. So we, we run a, a program here that uh, I started actually when I when I got uh, into Arkansas. Um, where we're going on our, our third year. We just graduated our third cohort. It's called the uh, SBA Emerging Leaders Program. And what that is, is it is an intensive eight-month-long learning session with the SBA and our partners in order to take a business. And what we're looking for in those businesses is they have been in business for at least three years. They have at least one other full-time employee besides themselves, and they have at least 500000 in revenue. Okay, So we're looking for those types of businesses that are at that rate because those businesses has, have done something right. They've made it past the three-year mark, which is a big hurdle for small businesses. They've made it up to 500000 in gross sales, which is a pretty mm-hmm. decent number. Yeah, it is. So you, you know at least you're doing something right to get up to that number. Um, now, one other person, because ultimately what we're taking is this business owner and helping them turn into a CEO. Mm-hmm. So they can really begin to focus of working on their business instead of instead of in, in their, their business. business. And so this eight-month-long program helps teach them a mini-MBA program, basically, where we go through customer acquisition costs, we go through customer uh, marketing, we go through finances, we go through financial dashboarding, so you can build your own financial metrics to know what your your uh, cost of goods are, to know what some of your quick ratios are and your liquidity and ratios. How to, how to run the, yeah. To truly how to run the business from not only the financial end, but across the spectrum of what you need to be as the CEO. And that starts with setting a company vision and mission. So we walk them through that over their eight-month period in hopes that this place-making economic development strategy, finding businesses that are in this area, 
if we can help grow them, they're most likely going to hire people like them from around where they live. So it's a job creator for you're Little one, Rock. You're awesome. I agree with every bit of that. You know, I even went back to college when I was like 40 years old, which was which I hate school. I'll just tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to go back to school, and I took Accounting 101 mm-hmm. to learn all the ratios. you got to love accounting. I love accounting. Who knew I loved accounting? I absolutely loved it. So you're going to teach it to, to these people that meet the quota so, of one employee, $500,000 in sales in three years. So I'd say one of my biggest personal um, areas that, that I focus on is, is, is financial literacy. I think that's so important. You know, I think uh, everyone, uh, either for personal finance um, or business finance, if you, first of all, if you can't get your own personal finances correct, the last thing I want you doing is running a business because guess what you're going to do in that business? Unless you get Same somebody thing. else to handle the finances. Which and, you can. Which you can, but again, you're going to stick your head in the sand and usually end up managing by your bank account balance. That's right. Right? Been there, or you're going to go ahead and tackle these things that are the most challenging and saying, how do I uh, either create some financial freedom for myself or at least educate myself on the minimum that I need to know to have these relevant conversations. I love it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to learn more about the SBA director, Edward Haddock. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you miss any part of the show, a podcast will be made available next week on flagandbanner.com's website. If you prefer to listen to it on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud, you'll find those links there as well. Lots of listening options. We'll be right back. So Edward was just telling me he really liked our Bachman Turner Overdrive song because it was, did you say it was your first concert? It was. It was, that was my first concert ever. So when we left, Edward and I were talking about capital. So is there a rule about how much capital you should have in your business at any one time? Uh, you know what? That's going to really be dependent upon the CEO and, and their risk level. Uh, I oh, think uh, that's why ri- I never have any capital because I have a high risk tolerance. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, that really kind of um, goes back to when, when you're thinking of a CEO and even personal finance. Uh, how much do you have in your bank account in case things were to go bad? And how long can you survive before you're out of money? How long is that supposed to be? Well, you know, uh, generally for our small businesses, we could say up to a year, up to a year of capital. And it depends. What? It depends on the type of business you're at and the stage of business as well. So as, a, as an early stage startup or a younger business, if you run out of cash and you don't have sales to recoup, well, that's the end of your run. And as soon as you're out of cash, no one else is going to loan you money, so you're done. And unless you can convert that revenue into organic growth, that's the end of your runway. Yes, it is. So is the SBA's main... So education's a big part, like you said, and I can tell that's what you're passionate about. And um, I wish everybody could really kind of see how your face because you really are passionate about what you do. You love it. Absolutely. You really do. And that's why you've been moving around the country, I think, because you had a great track record in New Jersey, and then you had, and so you came to Fayetteville, and then you somehow got recruited to Little Rock. How did you end up in Little Rock? Yeah, so um, I had uh, graduated from my MBA program in, in 2013, and, and um, I was in New Jersey and, and saying, you know, uh, uh, really looking at, again, internally, as what did I want? And uh, after living in Jersey City and, and, you know, the New York metro area, um, you know, I got a little tired of it. Uh, as much as New Jersey was, was, is a nice place, the cost of living is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the pace uh, to deal with New Yorkers all the time. <laughs> as much as I do like Manhattan, y'all, uh, I tell you, they can be challenging. And, <laughs> and so can... Uh, hey, Edward, I think we got a call. Sure. Uh, hey, caller, you're on the air. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy and Edward Haddock. Have you got a question for us? Yeah, I would like to get some information on the uh, eight-month course on learning how to 
work outside your business versus in the business. And I've been listening and everything he's saying is making sense. I've been in business myself over 10 years on a commercial cleaning company. And at one point, I, was, I had revenues over like 1.2 million a year. And it's, a, it's, a, it's still a struggle, you know, when you got that many employees to pay and hoping your customers pay you on time and to have X amount of capital to keep moving. So yeah. I think it's very interesting what he did. You have to be a CEO is more about management than anything. And, and I guess I'm a victim of still like going out to work in the field and I shouldn't be out there. Yeah, absolutely. And who are we speaking with? My name is Edwin Johnson. The name of my company is EJ's Cleaning Services. Mr. Johnson, well, thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, the program's called Emerging Leaders, and uh, we recruit. Uh, generally, we start recruitment in February. Uh, if you want to uh, go ahead and... and uh, e- you want to email you? What's your email, Yeah, Edward? it's going to be firstname.lastname, so edward.haddock, H-A-D-D-O-C-K, at sba.gov. And EJ's, I've heard of your, I've heard of your place. Also, if you, I think I've, Arkansas Flag and Banner may have even used you before. And if you are driving and can't write that down, you can go to flagandbanner.com's website and we'll have a link next week to Edward's contact info. Great. And Mr. Johnson, uh, you, you know, you bring up uh, your company actually in cleaning is a uh, major opportunity when we look at one of the other C's I'd love to talk about just for a minute here. Okay. Uh, and that's the contracting C. So what that does is how do we sell our goods and services back to the biggest buyer of stuff in the world, which is the United States federal government? The SBA is in charge of goaling that. So every year we put out a a mandate for each of the federal agencies to purchase so much of their their services through small businesses. 23% of every federal dollar spent is required to be spent in small businesses. And so that gives us a great opportunity to take businesses like cleaning companies, construction companies, uh, uh, exterminators, any type of business that are out there selling selling goods and services, manufacturing products and selling it back to the federal government, there's an opportunity for you to sell your goods and services to the federal government. That is so cumbersome, though. I'm a well, woman-owned, and so I get to check the woman-owned box and get to try to do it. It's so awful. It's still, yeah, because it's like a lot of the I- I go on to the FBO.gov site a lot. Oh. Um, a lot of the major contracts are always set aside for like eight, eight certified firms. And that, that certificate is harder to get than people think. You know, you have a lot of firms promising to get you one for like five to $10,000. And I'm like, eh. mm. no, yeah, we, we definitely want you to come and talk to us about getting certified with any type of certification to help you then uh, do that. But just like any other customer segment, uh, you have to be knowledgeable about your customer, and you have to focus on that customer segment. So it's not an option for everybody, but uh, generally what we'll find is those margins are higher and the contracts are larger. So when you're looking at that, there is uh, there is some um, investment you have to make into that customer segment. But uh, again, uh, a lot of times we find a, a lot of folks are very, very successful in the federal sector. I'm so glad you called in. Y'all are going to hook up, I hope, later. EJ, if you need to, go to my website. Go to flagandbanner.com. We'll have all Edward's contact there. Or just call the SBA, and they have Edward Haddock's contact there, too, if you didn't get to write it down. I'm going to go down. I'm going to go on to the Flag and Banner and uh, make uh, search it there. Okay. And will, uh, one other. Mm-hmm, go ahead. When will you post it? I mean, Next, one more question. Mm-hmm. How does a, a company, because I've... Uh, through the years, found out, found different um, predatory uh, market of lending to where they do like merchant capital loans, and they basically hurt your cash flow. Yeah. And I've always been told dealing with the SBA is like not the way to go because there's a lot of government bureaucracy on obtaining capital. No, that is not true. Yeah, so you know what? That's one of the biggest stigmas uh, I've been fighting here in Arkansas since uh, I, I I like to say I landed back in 2013. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, I, I tell you, sometimes it can, but that's where the financial literacy piece comes in uh, and, and making sure you're asking the right questions to the right people first. So we want to prepare our borrowers and make sure anyone that we're working with and, and really any business is adequately prepared to have the conversation with a lender and understand where you're at 
in preparation to go seek financing. You know, if you wait and you walk into a bank and you say, hey, I want a loan, they say, how much How much you need? And you say, how much are you going to give me? That's not an educated conversation. <laughs> but that's the conversation that happens for most of our small businesses. And you can figure out what he, what amount he could borrow that he could pay back. So right. you don't get the you don't borrow the wrong amount. So that's that's uh, again understanding the financial literacy component of what makes uh, the loan possible and how they structure loans. So you can understand what goes into that decision making process, and also understanding your cash flow needs and what you're getting the loan for. So we can have that conversation and help you walk through that process. And our partners at the ASBTDC, the Small Business Technology Development Center, uh, SCORE, and the Women's Own Business Center can help you set up those financial projections and walk you through that uh, loan application package and put you with a lender that is in your industry who knows your business and who is working currently with them. Yeah. So it's, it's a warm referral to a lender who already knows our products. Yes. Like I went through Arkansas Capital is who I actually worked with, but they partnered with the SBA so that my interest was much lower because I was woman owned and, and because of the SBA. So they gave it to me. They gave me much lower interest rate, but I didn't even talk to the SBA. I went straight to Arkansas Capital and the Arkansas Capital and the SBA talked to each other behind behind the scenes. Yeah, so it's really easy. So, yeah, yeah, you're on to something. Thanks for that call. Those were two great questions. And listen, it'll be online next week because Jesse's sitting over there. When are you going to have this show up, Jesse? Uh, the show should be ready on Tuesday or Wednesday of next yeah, week. Yeah, so Wednesday of next week. We'll have it up for you. Thanks for calling. And you can always go out to sba.gov backslash AR for Arkansas and get our uh, contact numbers for me and everyone else in my office and just give us a call. We'd be more than happy to take any calls and, and again, put you with the right folks uh, so we can answer those questions that you do have about any of those business topics that you're interested in finding more Man, about. Man, that service, that service kind of business that he's in, like I sell a product, you know, here's your flag, it, give me some money. It's a little money. bit easier, huh? It's so much easier. I can't imagine selling a million dollars in service the the uh the employees must be a nightmare now i'm sorry employees but that's a lot of people to manage out there absolutely and you know what uh, again those aren't some of the highest paid employees so that makes it even turnover is big the turnover will be big right. and those so, are you know unique to many many bit different businesses have those uniquenesses to them so you said there was three c's we've talked about Capital, mm-hmm. contracting, contracting, which is what he does, and absolutely, then, what's the other and one? then and then the counseling. Oh, so those are our three C's, and then the D, disaster assistance, which we talked about a little bit, um, and our really our capital pieces is, is kind of phenomenal because we don't do most of SBA lending isn't direct through the SBA. Uh, my right. team uh, really works with the lenders, and their job is to uh, go into banks and educate the bankers on how to use our products. So we have different products that vary from either a micro loan uh, that can be as small as five hundred dollars and go up to fifty thousand dollars, and that's going to be you know for that 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 borrower who doesn't necessarily fit in a bank. Their credit score is not great, or maybe they don't have the collateral that the banks are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times that micro lender is a developmental loan for that early stage small business or that small business startup who needs, you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to get started and, and make that gap. Uh, or how give long the, should they have to pay it back? Three years? We give them up to six. Good, because you don't want to pay a bunch back well, fast. That, and that's the point of the SBA guarantee. So when when you go up to the different levels of products, the 7A loan, uh, which is our, our pretty much our premier flagship product, we can go out to 20 years on the amortization. So that means you're, we're going to stretch it over a longer time so your monthly payments are lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to pay a fee for that, but... It'll effectively reduce your payment in half of what you would get from a normal business loan. And so your cash flow is not crippled. Exactly. So you have some breathing room. And one of the best parts about it is you have a permanent financial solution. Most bank loans are usually done for three years with a balloon or five years with a balloon. So that means your rate's adjustable. And once you get to that five-year point, your bank can pull it from you. 
if they don't like your business anymore, or let's say they went out and got themselves into some trouble with some other businesses of your sort, and now they want to clean up their portfolio, they can call your loan and then not renew it at that point. I know it. And they change your interest rate every year. So, so we don't you lock in with an SBA usually? Well, we can, they can adjust it. It's up to the lender. So we, we have to manage that balance of giving the lenders flexibility. Mm -hmm. uh, So they want to do business with you. Yeah. Well, and, and also to, to make sure they're serving their customers. Right. Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, if you lock in uh, 20 years out, we have no idea what's going to happen in 20 years. Yeah, that's asking a lot. You're not family. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but that SBA guarantee is and that SBA guarantee is going to be in there. And that's that'll at least give you that that loan permanency for the, the life of the loan. Did I ask you what you think the biggest mistake most people make, most small businesses make? Did I ask you uh, No, you, you didn't ask me that, though. But, hey, if, if you want to, go right ahead. Okay. What's the biggest mistake most small business owners make? Uh, I would say it's um, lack of planning, uh, and that usually equates to lack of funding. Shooting from the hip. Shooting from the hip and not knowing, you know, how many, how many bolts they're going to need. This is a good example. When, we went, when they invented the Internet, we put all our products online, mm-hmm. and everything that I thought customers wanted uh, was not what they were buying online. Right. So when they would call me on the phone and ask me for an indoor presentation set, I would say, oh, this is the one you want. And I'd just tell them about the one I thought they wanted. And when I put indoor presentations on sets online, I put out three different styles. They didn't pick the one that I always thought they wanted. So I'm not sure that you always know what your customers want. So I think we've learned so much from the emergence of technology and even the development of technology companies and the way they look at the business process. Uh, when we look at the lean startup and, and lean methodology uh, of, let's say, um, technology development in these tech companies, they're building to the customer, right? So they're actually building the products to what the customer wants at that moment, not kind of like you're saying right. is, I, I went and built the house and I filled it all up and then I said, okay, who wants to buy this thing? Versus finding the buyer first and asking them, what do you want to buy? Let me help you solve that problem. That brings up another thing I see small business owners do is they'll go out and borrow money and build a beautiful shop and not have one sale. Mm-hmm. And then they sit there and th- wait for sales to come in. And so when people call me and ask me for advice, I say, well, don't spend all your money on because they're, they're dreaming of themselves in this beautiful shop with this beautiful storefront. And they're dreaming about that. And so they're like, I'm going to build all this and then they will come. And I say, no, 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 no. Make sales out of the back of your house until you get your business going and then get your storefront Absolutely. I I tell people, I said, the easiest thing you could ever do is open a business. The hardest thing you'll ever do in your entire life is keep it open. Yeah. Right. And that's getting the customers there and that's managing the business. That's, that's getting new customers in every day, turning over your inventory at those proper rates. So we go back to that. What's that thing that drives businesses to fail? Again, if you have a bottomless amount of cash, if you have a never-ending money tree that you can just pull money off that, of, I'd it doesn't matter if you make money in your business or not because you got plenty of cash to fund it. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? But how many of us have that? <laughs> Nobody. So let's be realistic. we got to understand what goes into the planning process so we know how much do we really need to have and some cushion in order to start this business to get it to a point of success. Yes. I look at my income statement every month. Every single solitary month, I run my ratios that you're going to teach everybody that comes to see you after this, that they're going to come down there, and I run my quick ratios, and I find out. Where you're le- at, right? And let me just tell everybody, do not wait till you need money to go to the bank. You better know in advance, I'm getting my ratios are getting bad. I need to go ahead and start trying to find money, because once you need money, nobody will loan it to you absolutely and that's a you know another sad thing that's a great point you make though and and we like to to say start fostering that relationship with your local lenders find out if you have an sba lender in your bank Uh, start having that conversation of what that may look like don't you know necessarily approach it for a loan just yet but start understanding what their wants and their needs are for their banking institution because again they're they're also a business and they're there to 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 make money off of selling loans and and financial products people need to realize that everybody's a business they get mad at these people because they're you know making money they're like making money on me you're like well they're in business if they don't make money they can't be in business and they're also employers absolutely absolutely and and so follow the money (laughs) 
right? <laughs> Wherever the money is, that's where the value to that organization is. What do you think about the future of small business in America? I'll tell you what I'm scared to death of is we're going to is it that the, the healthcare crisis in America is going to be put back on small businesses shoulders again. When they did Obamacare, it took small businesses and all businesses out of the business of healthcare. Uh, and I am scared to death they're going to put it back on our shoulders and say, all right, all you business owners out there start providing health insurance because we're not going to do it anymore. Yeah, I, I, I would uh, I would uh, um, agree with that sentiment that I think that's going to be one of the major challenges. Um, honestly, I think we have a bigger challenge that um, we as a nation w- w- have to address, and, and that's the globalization of, of, of the world and the globalization of our economy. Um, our small businesses are going to have to better understand uh, the Internet and become technologically savvy uh, in order to navigate a, a more competitive business world. Um, so I think that is, is going to be, uh, again, centralizing a lot of our, our big businesses and only making them bigger. And so that challenge is going to be put on those small businesses of how they compete. Yeah. How are we going to compete? They're no longer competing in a local level. You know, no. I mean, we do have a, a um, some semblance of a, a march back to Main Street, uh, which we're seeing emerging in some small towns. Um, and that may continue. It's the end of the show. Thank you for coming on. Oh, I could talk to me. you forever. I already gave you tickets to Dancing into Dreamland tonight. That's why our show is kind of haphazard today because we have got a lot going on. Dancing into Dreamland in, is at uh, Dreamland Ballroom tonight, and I hope you come, Edward. Sounds good. And look what I got you a desk set. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. It's a U.S. flag, an Arkansas flag. And do you know what flag that is? That I do not. It's New Jersey. That's New Jersey. Where you came from. Oh, look at that. Oh, he's not a flag lover. He didn't even know what New Jersey flag I tell you, I'm an Arkansas boy at heart. Uh, I bet if I'd have put an Air Force flag on there, you'd have known. You know, I wasn't thinking. I should have done that. Uh, Let's see. Who have we got next week, Tim? Next week is going to be retired Lieutenant Colonel David Cooper to talk to us about the Association of the U.S. Army. And I want to bring up one thing. Last week, we talked about the four C's. This week we talked about three C's. I wonder if next week we're going to have two C's. (laughs) Tim, I thought the exact same thing when he said the three C's. I said, what were we doing C's last week? We did four, yeah. So now we did three. Next week we do two. The week after that we'll do one. We'll just count it down. And the four C's were uh, about the quality of a diamond. And they were, can you name them? Carrot, cut. Clarity. Color, clarity. Cost. No, cost was one of them. Oh, it was? It wasn't? No. It should be Chess. if you're financially literate, right? Oh! There, there should really be five C's, right? Yeah. All right. We've got Dancing into Dreamland tonight. We're almost sold out. I think there's only about 20 tickets left, I think. If, uh, and to my listeners, if you've got a great story that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. Send a brief bio and your contact info to questions at upyourbusiness.org, and someone will be in touch. Thank you for spending time with me and with Edward. If you think this program's been about you, you're right, but it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening, and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business your independence or your life i'm carrie mccoy and i'll see you next time on up in your business until then be brave and keep it up you've been listening to up in your business with carrie mccoy if you'd like to hear this program again next week go to flagandbetter.com Click on the tab labeled Radio Show. There you'll find a podcast with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Carrie's goal to help you live the American.